Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse for free trial membership. This is Writing Excuses, Season 5, Episode 6, Micropodcasts. Three minutes long at a time because we're in a really big hurry to answer all these questions. And we're in a hurry five times. <laughs> all right, let's go, Brandon. All right, first question. When, what is the right way to kill a character? Bombs. <laughs> Bombs. <laughs> I'm sorry, you wanted me to go fast. Bombs, guns, no, knives, no. poison. Not relatives, <laughs> characters. <laughs> You killed one by having him j- fall. You didn't yeah. even list that. The right way to kill a character is to have it mean what it's supposed to mean. There are some characters <laughs> you, the Sphinx. whose death... <laughs> <laughs> I just cut this podcast in half with my mind. There are some characters whose deaths don't matter. Red and shirts. And then there are car- red shirts. They can just die because the swamp monster eats them. Main characters should not die because the swamp monster eats them. Um, in a, since you mentioned red shirts, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, when the actress playing Jadzia Dax left the show, they didn't give her a meaningful death. She essentially died accidentally in a drive-by shooting. And it didn't mean anything, and everyone was very disappointed with it because they wanted a payoff. They wanted it to affect something. I'd, I'd say that if you want to have a character's death be meaningless, and the meaninglessness is in and of itself tragic, you can do that. You can. Yes, you, and you, one of the Law and Orders did that very effectively. Right, it can happen. Again, bringing up George R. R. Martin, this is often how he, 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 go, he does it both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, I avoid that. When someone dies um, in one of my books, um, I don't sit and I um, think, oh, I'm going to kill this character and make everyone sad. But I do sit down and say, okay, this character, they're, they're, doing, they're taking these chances. I have to allow them to take these chances. And these chances sometimes are going to turn into them paying the ultimate consequence. They're, it's almost like the characters are demanding the right to put themselves in danger. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I let them get out of the danger. Sometimes the story, the plot, what they're doing demands that they don't survive it. But there was, that's when I kill characters, yeah. when they have specifically taken that risk. There was an episode of House where a character died and it was a, it was a suicide. And we spend the whole episode where a couple of the characters are trying to figure out, you know, why did this character commit suicide? What could we have done to prevent this? Um, and the whole gist of the episode was uh, you, you couldn't have. There weren't enough signs. Sometimes these things just happen and the rest of us have to move on. And if that's the way you're going to kill a character, that's not a bad message no, for your other characters to arrive cool. at. And uh, that's two minutes and 50 seconds. Okay. Time for another question. Here we go. This one's from Michelle on Twitter. Name some authors that have influenced your writing and why. What is it about them that brought you your own, brought your own talent out? Okay. 
First one, A.A. A. Milne, the Winnie the Pooh guy. Okay. Uh, when I was a kid, I had, uh, I had the Christopher Robin poems. I've actually only read the Winnie the Pooh story once, but I've read to Point of Destruction two different copies of the Christopher Robin poems because I love the way he plays with words. He is having so much fun with what he does that as a child reading those, I said, that's it. I'm going to be a writer. That's what I want to do with my life. Um, there are lots of writers I could, I could mention, and lots of them I have mentioned. I often mention Robert Jordan. Um, this time I'm going to mention Melanie Ron, um, because if you haven't read her Sunrunner books, um, her use of magic mixed with her ability to write characters that I cared about but sometimes made bad decisions um, are very big things that influenced me as a writer. Uh, Tolkien introduced me to the world of It's Not Our World. Um, and from there, I went to uh, Stephen R. Donaldson because I figured I loved epic fantasy. I ended up uh, reading Larry Niven and discovered I loved science fiction. Um, uh, Bryn, Bujold, uh, Baxter, uh, Bear, those are the Bs. Um, <laughs> we could go on for 24 more letters. Um, Victor Hugo is yes. one of my very favorite authors. Oh, I love, and I, yeah. I love uh, Les Miserables. I love The Hunchback of Notre Dame. I, I love the way he lends despair an incredible beauty. Right. Some horrible thing can happen, but it is just heartbreakingly gorgeous the way it happens. The, and to find that, the, the, the beauty in the gutter, so to speak, is, is Victor Hugo's big gift. And I think that's influenced me quite a bit. Does the question allow us to talk about recent reads that yeah, have influenced uh, Jay Lake's Mainspring with okay. a steampunk universe where the universe itself is made out of clockwork uh, was uh, mind-blowing. And I loved that. Uh, Charlie Strauss's Glass House, which mm -hmm. deals with a post-singularity universe and was mind-blowing. Um, I... These are things that I love to read because they show me ideas taken to the nth degree that uh, I toyed with once, maybe, yep. and, but never went there. And somebody else once that went there and did it brilliantly. You know, mm -hmm. I'm going to mention, um, the, the closes out, Pat, Ro Pat Rothfuss. The thing I really like oh, yeah. about Name of the Wind and the why, I don't, I don't often mention, um, you know, why I, I liked it so much. Two things. First off, um, he did a frame story in a way that made me say, wow. This could really work. This isn't a cliche that we, we talk about not doing this sort of stuff just because flashbacks are terrible. And then he goes and shows, you, shows me that it can be done wonderfully. And second, because it's simply, this kind of plays in the same concept, taking a well-worn trope and doing it in a brilliant way is still a viable way to write a story. Absolutely. Um, and in in I this had, case, yeah. it's the, the apprentice goes to magical yeah. school, the Harry Potter thing, right. but done so brilliantly see, and so new. Before I read that, I had been in the mode of, no, you can't do any of these old things. We can't, we can't, we can't. Um, they're overdone, they're overdone, they're overdone. And I read this and said, no, it still can be done. Yep. All, right, All right, next question. Next question. When do you quit your day job? I quit my day job exactly six years ago today, uh, today being the date of the recording, September 20th, 2010. Um, and I quit my day job because I prayed about it and God told me to. Um, I think that's a fantastic time to do it. It did not make economic sense at the time for me. Dan? Um, I quit my day job when I had enough money and my wife told me that I was allowed to. Um, which was, basically means we had enough money and we were covered by insurance. Um, at that point, I quit. Pretty much that day, mm. that minute. Um, I quit my day job uh, when I got my first advance check. 
Um, I was living in my friend's basement paying $300 a month for rent and utilities, and that was pretty much my only expense. So <laughs> I got to do it. I, I wasn't married at the time. Um, the question the person asks is, when do you quit your day job? Um, my, my advice to Dan was to quit it sooner than you think you can. Mm -hmm. um, and he later on told <laughs> That's me. That's when I quit it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think it was possible when I did it, yeah. but it worked. Um, because, um, and this, this only really goes out to people who have sold fiction. Don't yeah. do it until you've sold a novel and you've got enough to live on for a little while. Um, but as soon as that book comes out, there are going to be so many more demands on your time. The best writing time you will ever have in your life in, in many ways will be the time after you've sold something before a book has come out because you have no very few demands on your time. The, the business yeah. aspect of your new life has not kicked in yet. Yeah. And you just get to be a poor artist. Right. But with, a successful yeah, one. But a poor yeah, successful yeah. one give for a few boost. months. Yeah. I would not recommend that people do it the way I did it. I had three months of... Uh, Three months of bills paid in the bank and no book deal. I mean, I thought I had a book deal, but it, it fell apart. It was another 15 months before we got schlock books out and started making money with them. And yes, we made, we scraped by for 15 months on what was initially three months of money. Crazy. Yeah. All right. Um, next question comes from Kyle who asks, Brandon, would killing you and ritually partaking of your flesh grant me your writing powers? Man, let's I hope do, so, because otherwise my weekend is shot. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay, I'm, there's a real one. Um, from, it looks like, uh, Lynn on uh, Twitter, what do you do when you discover you hate a character? Bombs. Your own character or somebody else's? The character you're writing. Oh. It says the friend's main mm. character is perpetually captured, poisoned, unconscious. They're just tired of them. What do you do? Bombs, well. guns, drugs, <laughs> uh, falling. Don't forget falling. Okay, well, killing them off is a good solution. Redefining them radically is another one. But what, it's, um, if it's a main character, If it's what are a main doing? character and you just can't stand them at all, uh, take a good look at it, figure out why you can't stand them, and then, honestly, see to what extent you could redefine them. If, if you want to give the person a, a, a wild change of philosophy because of the things that have happened to them, and that would spin your book off in a new and interesting direction, try it out. Here's a, here's a specific thing you can do. Um, have something happen to that character that is grossly unfair. They are unjustly accused of something. Uh, there's, this, there's a huge inequity. Uh, that's one way for us to, uh, uh, to like somebody more than we would without actually changing their character. Hey writers, are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. 
For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right. um, Time to do this week's book of the week. Um, I am going to promo um, based off of that conversation, that question earlier about um, favorite books that influenced us. I'm going to use Dragonflight by Anne McCaffrey. Um, Ooh, we've never choice. promoted this one before. Um, this was a book that opened my eyes to the fantasy genre in a way that no other book even still has done. Um, it was uh, based off of a Hugo Award-winning short story, uh, turned into a novel. Um, it is a genius blending of science fiction and fantasy, um, which you might um, notice is a theme in my own books. Um, wonderful use of viewpoint, um, and um, also using some familiar tropes to us now, but I think even if they're familiar to you now, reading this book, if you haven't before, will completely blow you away. Um, so the book is Dragonflight by Anne McCaffrey. Uh, go to audiblepodcast.com excuse to download your, 15 day, your free book and have a 15-day free trial. Um, we post the details on our website uh, at Writing Excuses if you want to know further about that. Okay, we got to hit two more questions. Uh, sure. Uh-huh. All right. How do you respond to accusations of being a Mary Sue? Um, Dan, you and Howard both have been accused of this, apparently. What, how do you respond? <laughs> I usually respond by putting the person ill at ease uh, because they'll come up to me in a bookstore and they'll say, so are you really like your main character? Or so how do you do all this research? Well, it's all hands-on. And, and then they stop asking silly questions. Stand a little closer to me and ask that question again <laughs> in a softer tone of voice. I like your voice. I like your shirt. And they stop. Mm-hmm. I've watched it happen. How, how, how did you write such a compelling sociopath? Well, it's an autobiography. Um, you know, um, speaking of Pat Rothfuss, someone asked this at Comic-Con this year, um, just to the panel of me and him and um, Christopher Paolini. I think it was mostly directed at Christopher Paolini because people were accusing him of um, Mary Sue. And Pat Rothfuss had this great answer where he leaned in and said, I don't, I think it's great. I love that people think my character's a Mary Sue because then they think I'm awesome. Um, he says, what's wrong with that? Well, I, he said, I sit down and I write characters that um, I write this character that I think is awesome, that is everything that a lot of people would want to be. I think there's nothing wrong with that, he says. Yeah. So um, it only is an accusation that hurts if the character is a poorly written character who is a Mary Sue or yeah. a Marty Stu um, would, be, would be the response there. Yeah, people think that uh, Kevin is... Obviously me, because both of us are bald and wear glasses and have facial hair and are, you know, short and maybe a little bit on the pudgy side. 
And I, you know, that that comparison wouldn't be there if I hadn't actually drawn him that way. Uh, Kevin is based on uh, a friend of mine. He's not based on me. I mean, physically, he looks a lot like me because I think the world needs more short, dumpy, bald, glasses-wearing, facial, hairy uh, heroes. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, so, yeah, I'm pleading the Canadian girlfriend defense. He's not okay. based on me. He's based on somebody else you don't know. Um, last question comes from Brian on Twitter, who asks, what are some basic tools for ensuring that all characters in a story have different voices? Wow. You base them all on yourself? <laughs> no. But I Voice, do actually, in, in a lot of cases, I'll, yeah, um, I, I will base them on different people that I know. Not personality-wise, but diction-wise. Just listening to the way my friends speak, and then if I say, oh, well... I'm going to get this guy and just think about him, think about his voice saying these words, that will actually change the words that I'm writing. In comics, we talk about the silhouette test where each character's silhouette has to be uh, distinct enough that you can tell exactly who it is just from silhouette. I think the analog for the silhouette text test in fiction is to take a paragraph spoken by that character and you know line those paragraphs up. And if you can't tell that those are different people, then they're not different enough. And I'm mm. not sure how to make it work, but that's your acid test, is to stack mm -hmm. those paragraphs up and see if you can tell who's doing the talking. Um, I would suggest that, uh, just as a practice, um, picking some aspect of the world, some either religion or political issue or some economical issue, pick one and then make sure each of your characters in the scene have a violent reaction that is different from every one of the others on that single issue. Um, an issue that's central, that's saying, do this as practice a couple times. This isn't something necessarily yeah. to do for every book, but it, it's, it's something you can practice. If everybody has a just powerful reaction to this, to this religion, and they're all different, um, practice writing that way and letting their passions sculpt them as characters rather than letting your mindset sculpt them or your, just, your, your natural flow of dialogue sculpt them. See what happens. Yeah, now, you know, I, we've talked about... We've talked about this time and again. This question keeps coming up. It, this topic keeps coming up in the cast. I don't think we can stress strongly enough how important doing this well is to writing a good book. You know, if your characters are all individuals and all work well as individuals, as separate people, uh, pull that off and... The world is your oyster. I think it's important to point out, though, that a lot of that is very subjective, and you're going to get a wide mix of reactions no matter what you do. Um, in for, for I'm Not a Serial Killer, on the same day, I got two reviews, one of which said, his dialogue was horrible. If I removed the dialogue tags, there would be no way to tell who was speaking. And then another review said, the dialogue was brilliant, and all the characters were very different and unique. And those reviews came out on the same day about the same book. So it, the way people read your book is... by the same person, but you couldn't tell the difference. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's wrap this up with a writing prompt. I'm going to go ahead and use one again this time by Excellent. saying writing prompt is that these two different people who criticized Dan's book actually both read different books somehow. Oh. And thought it was the same And thought one. it was the same book. They both had the same title. They both said they were written by Dan Wells. But somehow, two different books were released. How and why mm. is your writing prompt? Compelling. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.